episode of the devil's dirt star i guess we can start off by introducing ourselves my name is big spoon and my name is ellsworth (laughs) together we are hosting a podcast from inside the devil's dirt star all right so tell me ellsworth who did we invite into the devil's dirt star this morning for today's episode we summoned a demon that goes by many names azazel 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 Azazel. What? I don't know, but hopefully he can't be summoned like Bloody Mary because we just said his name several times. We did. Um, I'm a little concerned, but let's just uh, let's just go with Azzy. Yeah. You know, Ozzy? No. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, that no. might be confused with another. Yes. Another darkling. A bat eating <laughs> darkling. Yes. So Azzy it is. Okay, we'll go. We'll go with Azzy. Sounds good. Um, Azzy is is portrayed in many different texts and many different religions. Um, he makes an appearances in Judaism in the Torah. He is in the Bible, Christianity's Bible. He is in Mandaism, and I apologize if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. Um, in their Ginzerba, which I am also probably mispronouncing. I apologize. There's a lot of consonants. Can I stop you right there? Yeah. What's Mandaism? It is a small religion that I know very little about. I don't want to say what I think it's about because it, it, I, I don't want to be incorrect. But is it, it is like a small religion. The most esoteric thing? It's the most esoteric thing. We'll have right. to do a deep dive on Mandaism, which I we might be mispronouncing. It looks like it's pronounced Mandaism. Probably should have looked it up beforehand. Too late now. He's also in the Quran. So just a well-rounded demon that is is in many different texts, which I find very interesting. I love when there is correlation between different religions holding the same characters, just like Jesus is in things outside of Christianity. Just kind of gives it a little more edge because it's recognized outside of just one legend. But his character, it, it does vary in all of the texts, but it is does have a kind of similar note to it. it. It is still recognizably the same character. The stories might vary a little bit. Um, but ultimately, he is a celestial being, an angel or, you know, angel-like figure that has fallen to earth. Today, we'll be mostly focusing on the Christian and the Judaism portions of it. Not that the others aren't important. Those are just the ones we're most familiar with and had time to research the most. So while you might see him being portrayed in pop culture as pretty human-like, in the um, in his angelic form, he would have been seen either as a blinding white light, which is how angels are often described, or as a humanoid serpentine being with three sets of wings, which is really interesting and and typical to he was a sephirim, which is a fiery type angel. Sephirim means fire something or ash something. It means like a very hot being. But that makes sense because in Islam, his name is Iblis and he is supposedly created from fire, It's which is fucking there's rad. There's so many fascinating correlations yeah and it's it's just super interesting because when you think of like in pop culture and even like old pop culture like medieval paintings of angels you think of these really beautiful beings with the halos and the wings cherubim cherub yeah, just really yeah. cute and in reality in in the in the texts 
angels are these really fierce, terrifying creatures because they were meant in any ways to defend heaven. <laughs> Wait a second. So now I'm like neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these terrifying fucking angels. Like, like, like it's, it doesn't make sense that like demons are just fallen angels because in reality, demons are scary, but so are angels. Demons are yeah. just like a, a kind of warped version of an angel, but they're equally terrifying beings. It's just like as if one version is in heaven and the other one was grounded. Yeah. In the most literal sense. Yeah. Clipped wings. Yep. It's so interesting. It's, it's Very really cool. fascinating. And as he... He was considered initially a watcher, which is, you know, an angel that was just kind of, the name is in the name, meant to watch over things. Yeah. And he fell from heaven for the best of reasons. You know, he just wanted to get a little human putang. So. <laughs> <laughs> the best reason? It's, it is the most understandable reason. Who doesn't want a little bit, you know, of the hum- human booty? <laughs> I literally read a quote somewhere that basically said, there were other watchers and Azazel was amongst them. And they said, let's go to earth and, you know, marry chicks yeah, so that we can foster children. And I was like, oh, they just want to make babies. Yeah. And, and awesome. they were, they didn't want to do it alone. So in the um, Enochian texts, which is where, so Azazel, he is mentioned in the Bible, but he's mostly mentioned in a non-canon text of the Bible. So explain um, to me canon really quick. And, and canonical, it's like, that's absolute, still there, wasn't removed, like the foundation of belief. Like, what does that mean? So it's, it's funny to like using that phrase to me, because I always think of like comic book texts or like Star Wars where they're like, okay, like Mara Jade marrying Luke Skywalker. That's not canon. Yes. So like, it's a story, but it doesn't really tie into like yep. the accepted legend. Okay. So the Enochian texts are tied into Judaism and Christianity and are written by, you know, recognized as kind of being part of that lore, but they're not accepted as canon. Got it. So like if you, I, I read several like Christian blog posts and things talking about the Enochian text and saying that it's not canon, it's not believable. For whatever reason, they accept certain legends and not others that fit into whatever, I guess, narrative they want to That's interesting. believe. Yeah. Super fascinating. Yeah, I was just curious about that because I was even looking into the Apocrypha and why it was removed from the Bible. And most of what I read just said it was cheaper (laughs) to take that section out. And I'm like, brilliant. I mean, think about the handwrite everything. They're like, nah, man, like that. That's a lot of repeating. Handwrite things. You're carving it into stone. (laughs) Fucking. Oh, my God. And the Enochian texts were really like coming off of Genesis, which, you know, like the the creation of the world. They're kind of like, well, we got like what we needed out of it. We don't need to add more detail i guess they were kind of trimming trimming the fat i, I guess off of, <laughs> off of it <laughs> so, so to, to speak, speak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh i love it um so, so these angels they wanted to come down and they wanted to procreate with humans and um but they didn't want to do it alone so they together cursed themselves to do it together basically said we are going to take this oath that we will all fall together whoa like a blood oath basically like yeah like if one of us goes we're all going it's not going to be like yeah man like we're just talking about it but then as he goes down and the other angels like yeah i'm actually too scared like so they made this oath that they're all going to do it and 200 of these angels they were the gregory angels fell together to sin with mankind and as he was kind of considered the chief of these angels wait i'm just like picturing a frat house yeah (laughs) like 
beyond a hazing ritual like you've all done it together yep. and now you're about to commit this crazy act yeah that God's and the crazy hate. act was just existing with humankind and yeah. like you know creating human angel hybrid babies which depending on what lore you follow are either terrifying or beautiful in this you know the Nokian lore they were they were terrifying they were giants and they were cursed to you know after they die their spirits would kind of roam the earth as demons is that the same thing as nephilim so or that's is that different. I don't know. That seems to depend on what text you follow. Okay. Some things consider a Nephilim to be a human angel hybrid. That that's is where I, I first, that's the first time I ever heard the term. It was in reference to a human angel hybrid. And in okay. Supernatural, the true answer to every question of lore, a Nephilim is a human angel hybrid. Okay. But in this, it is, it's not, um, in, in the Enochian text, it's not considered that. And I can't remember what it is, but it's not an angel human hybrid so it it seems to depend on who you ask and where you go yeah it's like we all had the same concept a satan-like figure yeah and every religion has it but then it just kind of like diverted off into yeah. different directions it's, it's so, so interesting yeah the roots are all the roots are all the same but the trees are going in different directions yeah, it's the same thing with christ figures throughout religion same absolutely. idea yeah so cool it's it's absolutely fascinating and obviously you know god was not pleased at the disrespect that was given to his creation by angels fornicating with them and according to the Enochian book of giants which is also tied to the torah and the old testament but again like i said not canon although book of giants is a badass name for a text yeah, is. <laughs> um he cursed azazel i think he sent michael down one of his like archangels you know the the big powerful terrifying angels he sent him down to curse azazel to hold be basically be a vessel for all of the sins that he caused to be created so okay. like he taught humans things he wasn't supposed to whatever and so like all of those sins were kind of put onto him and then they bound him hand and foot and buried him in the desert deserts tend to be a very commonly evil thing you know jesus fought demons in the desert and prophets from islam fought demons in the desert that seems to be a very common trope and then you know that becomes reminiscent of the scapegoat right which we'll cover in a, in a moment over time he's kind of you know as he is transformed into this run-of-the-mill demon he's in pop culture a lot and you know a final favorite form of him is just him being portrayed as a desert demon waiting you know for his atonement goat the taste, <laughs> tasty little morsel you know chock full of sin and um, that's sent the thing, to him. though does he eat him I don't know. I I would assume so just based on like. Because I never read anything that Azazel actually eats the sin goat. Yeah. Maybe he just like scrapes the sins off of him, takes him in, wings oh, it out like a little sponge. He's a sin eater. Maybe. Interesting. But then what about the whole like throwing a goat off a mountain? <laughs> they just don't want it to come back. <laughs> like, they don't want those sins coming back. You know, there was one thing I read and it's okay if I talk about it here, even though I can't remember where it came from because I put it in the uh, show notes, but <laughs> it said that goat would be thrown off of a cliff's edge and there would be people like a little further away from wherever the goat's going to land. And as soon as it would land and it's like bleeding and you know, oh. whatever, there would be people with veils and they would be waving the veils. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what the what a, a morbid, like, and this is like, not, you know, to, I think that right was traditionally, um, w through the Jews, but not to like yes. crap on that because basically every religion has done like these kind of morbid, dark rituals. Exactly. Like that's just super common. And it wasn't it, like, it sounds crazy. It sounds very much like, um, midsummer 
kind of yeah, vibes. Yeah. But at the same time, it was because their sins are gone. Yeah. They've been banished because, yeah. you know, the goat had been it's sacrificed. Like a purifying ritual, basically. Yeah, it is a purifying ritual. So for them, you know, good stuff. Yeah, it's it's a win. <laughs> and, and I totally under, I mean, using, honestly, goats and lambs especially are very common creatures to use for sacrifice in, you know, Old Testament type rituals. No, you're right. And there is, again, that juxtaposition of a goat. I get more like evil vibes from it. Yeah. With lambs, it is a purity thing. Yeah. And it's super interesting. I mean, what if goats never did anything wrong? Yeah. No. Yeah. They might eat your coat if you leave it on the fence, but you know. I think they're very sweet and they also taste good. They do taste good. And goat's milk is fantastic. <laughs> and they're much easier to milk than cows. Are they? Oh yeah. I've never successfully milked a cow, but I have successfully successfully milked some goats. So personally, it's for you. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, their teats are more malleable. <laughs> I don't know, but I I have found if you're going to hand milk an animal, (laughs) I swear I'm not weird. I grew up in farm country. (laughs) Well, what's normal to the spider is chaos to the fly, I guess. This is true. This is true. Am I the spider or the fly in this situation? Oh no. I'm a jumping spider. Oh, they're cute. Definitely. Yeah. I was just trying to think of like what kind of spider you would be. Definitely a jumping spider. Yeah. I don't know what I would One of the like little ones that's like a little bit shiny, but fuzzy. Oh, they're so cute. And they have the big eyes. Yeah. And they play the bongos as long as somebody put it in the gif. Yeah. And it is, by the way, a gif, not Mm -hmm. a jif. Thank you. Yep. (laughs) I guess, so before we get too far into this, um, I will (laughs) list a few of the awesome sources. We will have on our website the full list of sources, but I'm going to go over like big ones that we really pulled from. Um, We used obviously the Book of Enoch. The one that we used was the translated one with the introduction and notes by Reverend George George Shod. And we also used this farther along, we'll get into it, but a, an article written by someone whose name, and I, I apologize if I mispronounce it, um, Astenu Sever from occultist.net. And I won't share what we took from them yet. We'll get to that later. But those are two like heavy things that we, we relied, you know, yeah. used a, a decent amount from. So I want to be sure to, Definitely. to bring them up the rest. If you want any more like details on what we used, go to our website. Um, we'll have, you know, that information there. Awesome. And also, I do want to mention that Azzy was also formerly a house mouse that Ellsworth was forced to send out into the tundra by John the Prophet, but we'll talk more about that later. I um, I hope I put Azzy far enough away he doesn't return with our sins. His eyes were very black and filled with hate. Oh, but he's so tiny. He's so cute. So tiny and so full of evil. I know. Hmm. Azzy, we send you well wishes. Yes, I hope you're somewhere warm because it is negative 20 right now. He is a house mouse. I mean, he probably burrowed a hole in somebody's fucking wall. I honestly, (laughs) I thought about leaving him outside of someone else's house, but I thought that would be unkind. Because we don't know what kind of traps they have. That's true. Or what kind of sins he might be unleashing on them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I could only hope. (laughs) So the, the Christian Bible does give an honorable mention to Azzy in Leviticus 16, in which two goats are present. So one is an offering to the Lord oh, um, <laughs> who will be sacrificed to God. And then the other goat is just there for the purpose of atonement. And that is, you know, the chock full of sin goat. Yeah. So basically in this ritual, they packed that second goat full of their sins through, you know, some kind of ritual. And then they send them out into the wilderness to appease um, Azazel and 
rid themselves of any potential punishment or ill will for their sins. Now, they would send it out into the woods. Like A common thing, is, as you mentioned earlier, they would do is, is they would push it off a cliff. The intention wasn't necessarily to kill the goat, although pushing it off the cliff certainly would do so. <laughs> they just wanted to make sure it could not come back because it was filled with their sins. They uh, wanted to make sure it did okay. not come back. And then after his his fall from heaven and the subsequent punishment, Azazel was kind of seen both as the castigator and the purifier of sins. So there's this kind of dual-sided coin where he's seen as this really big, bad, scary demon that like encourages sins and, and, and whatever, but then also the purifier of sins because he takes them from you, which is interesting because... Some people might be upset at me saying this, but Jesus also was a purifier of sins. And you know, <laughs> yes. I'm just saying that was that's why he died. He died to purify for us of sins. sins. So Azzy, thank you for being bound in the desert, chock full of our sins, consuming goats in whatever method you choose to consume them. As long as he's happy, I'm all for it. Yep. Yeah. I, I think he's pretty good with the bed he's lying in right now. Yeah. Even if it is a little sandy. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. <laughs> I hate sand. <laughs> you just sounded like Richmond from IT crowd. I'm just dropping every Star Wars reference I possibly can into this. <laughs> Another good reference. <laughs> so now that leads us into some entomology. I'm sure you all have heard of the term scapegoat. This word is derived from necessity more than anything and first coined by a Protestant scholar named William Tyndale from 1530. He was tasked with translating the Hebrew Bible into English and while attempting to describe Yom, Yom Kippur. Sounds right. Yeah. Okay. Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement, he figured that he could get the point across about the Hebrew ritual by describing the animal full of sin as an escape goat to those who spoke English. This term was later shortened to scapegoat and used to describe a person who is inherently innocent but takes on the blame for the sins of others. That's wild. Yeah. So basically think about it. Like somebody that, um, I think a good example would be anybody that is hanging around a group of ruffians and they're causing all kinds of havoc. And then that person ends up being guilty by association yeah. in a way. And then those other people involved can blame what happened on that person and say, Hey, this was the genius that came up with this terrible idea or That's whatever. It's like the the person that travels with rappers and like if they what? oh my god okay I don't there's an actual term for it I don't think it's scapegoat but there is a person who will travel and not just rappers but they'll travel with musicians who tend to use drugs and if they get pulled over this it is this person's job to take the fall what one guy I don't remember which rapper uh. he was traveling with but one guy actually died because he tried to eat everything that they had when they oh, got pulled over and then he OD'd. It's, 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 it is literally that person's job to be the scapegoat for this artist. It's fascinating. We need to deep dive on that. That is so crazy. I mean, I guess it makes sense in a way. Like, yeah. uh, I wonder how much they get paid. <laughs> I, I have that. to imagine that like, they probably don't have to pay for anything. They live like a, they're basically the right hand man of this person, but Cushy it's life. their job to take the fall if, you know, they get to a situation where that needs to happen. So they are literally like a fall guy. Yeah, they're the scapegoat. That's blowing my mind. <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> it's worth noting here that this Jewish rite of atonement holds much symbolism for both the goat and Azazel. We have a creature full of impurity escaping into the desert, a wasteland that is both desolate and untamed. As he is king here and ruler of all that is impure and wicked, the goat is a direct reflection of both the environment and his newly acquired demonic companion. That is poetic. Sick. 
so poetic. Well, it is. I, I love that in literature when you can kind of make those connections. And the goat is literally the embodiment of the desert and Azazel. And it's like a full circle kind of situation. Religion is is truly full of these, you know, whether you take it as fact or fiction or however you want to like look at it, it is still a beautiful story that is filled with so much symbolism. And it's just so interesting to listen to and read and, and go through, you know, what's essentially poetry of, of fables, of warnings and, and how to live your life. And it's, it's all, again, fact or fiction, however you choose to look at it or believe it, it's still a good read. I still believe that it's the greatest story ever told. Absolutely. Every story <laughs> is molded. Even Star Wars is molded. I mean, yeah. the force is God. Yeah. It's, it's all, you know, Luke in, in a way is, is kind of, well, I won't get into that. We'll do another episode. We could have on, a full oh, episode yeah, I about have that. so many thoughts about Star Wars and the Bible. Yeah. And again, Christ figures all around. Oh, Christ figures. They're like the <laughs> ultimate protagonist in every story. <laughs> well, and if any of this sounds familiar about, you know, Azazel, he's this potentially goat eater in the desert and he, well, making people sin. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of guy. If it sounds familiar, it's because it's kind of an origin story. He is basically Satan or where Satan came from. Satan is the embodiment of evil. So is Azazel. Whoa. Very cool, huh? Whoa. So what's interesting, though, is that he paved the way for Satan to come into fruition in later texts. So Azazel came first. Azazel came first. Whoa. But I have read some things online that talk about Satan and Azazel existing at the same time. Okay. And that they were kind of buddies. And I honestly do think that they would be besties in a way because they're the same guy. Yeah. I mean, like both of them kind of, I mean, Satan got humanity to consume the apple or the the fruit of forbidden knowledge. And then Azazel in a way did the same thing, you know, like obviously like fornicating with human woman was something that he did, but that wasn't his only sin. He also taught mankind the art of war, teaching them to quote the Apocrypha. He showed them how to make swords and knives and coats of mail and taught them to see what was behind them. And also though, he was guilty of teaching women the art of so-called deception. I love this because his, you know, sin of teaching women deception was teaching them how to make jewelry, dye their hair and create and use makeup. All the things I am today. Yeah. So like, <laughs> all right, like as that's a pretty rad reason to be on God's bad side. And you know, it is kind of like you said, him and Satan either being the same character, but with different names and Satan evolving from Azazel or them just being buddies. It makes sense because Satan also shared this forbidden knowledge and fell from heaven for giving humans information that God didn't want them to have. Right. You know, it's definitely giving me the whole Adam and Eve forbidden knowledge yeah and the serpent that was there yeah and azazel was described as serpentine yeah so i definitely think they were taking some liberties for sure and especially considering the book of enoch is considered to be a part of genesis yes i mean it just all makes sense yeah wait was enoch removed yeah so the book of enoch is those texts that are like related to genesis but were not included they're not 
quote unquote canon, canon. with the Bible. Oh, there's that fucking word again. There's that word. <laughs> it's not canon, but it's interesting. No, that's super interesting. I love it. Also in the book of Enoch, there's some conflict on the origins of these evil beings, you know, demons and what have you. So in some of them, as I kind of mentioned earlier, Azazel and the other Grigori, they were the fathers of demons so that the children who were born of human women and angels were considered giants. And then upon their death, they became spirits, which was just another way of translating to say demon. So in some way, they're saying that is where these evil creatures came from. They are a creation from the forbidden fornication of angels and humans. And then these, you know, little hybrid human angel babies would go and create violent destruction and become objects of false worship and just in general wreak havoc and... (laughs) Uh, so create cool. sin. I know. <laughs> uh, and then other portions of the lore would say that evil was born of Satan. Um, <laughs> technically plural Satans. So what? in, yeah, uh, this, this blew my mind when I read this, like, so plural Satans, meaning Satan as a, a not proper noun, but like a definition noun. So a lowercase s Satans with the particular uppercase the Satan being the leader in chief of these so-called Satans or punishment angels who would inflict punishment against sinners. What? Yeah. It's like just, it's It's so interesting. Yeah. It's like geese and goose. Yeah. (laughs) But like goose with a the. Yeah, the goose. (laughs) The goose. (laughs) The house mouse. (laughs) Aw, yeah, mice and mouse. That was probably better. I'm sorry, that didn't come to me immediately. (laughs) (laughs) it's okay that is so awesome your sin is forgiven (laughs) (laughs) so but it's not just in the bible and torah that you can find our friend azzy he also makes an appearance in the quran in this story much like the enochian tale the angels complain that mankind was lesser than and in order to prove them wrong god chose three to live amongst the men experiencing human desires in the quran though azriel passes the test repents and returns to heaven again another name interesting yeah and so he kind of showing you know the story is similar but the end result's different because in the quran he doesn't become this evil he returns and and as like the returned son or whatever and and doesn't commit the sins so that makes me want to talk about some other things that i found what i was reading about the quran or in islam basically azazel is a character equivalent to iblis Interesting. Yeah, Iblis. That's what it is. In the Quran, 71. Nope. Ah, that's a different section. I get really mixed up with the, um, you know, like the chapters and then the verses. Is that what that is? Yeah. Chapters and verses? Yeah. So I think it's... um, How's that work? Well, it's different. So the Quran, I don't know if the Quran is split the same way as the Bible, because the Bible would be, you know, it's the Bible, then it's the book of Michael or or Job or whatever, and then it's page, and then it's verse. Page verse. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So you have the overall thing, the Bible. Yeah. Books within the Bible. Yeah. Like Genesis. Yeah. That's what I tend to think of. Yeah. And then you rip a bunch of shit out to make it cheaper. Yeah. So, okay, got it. Okay. (laughs) I don't know if the Quran is split the same way. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. I read it forever ago and I don't remember. Oh, you have read it. I have. My mom got me a book set that had like the Torah, the Quran, the Bible. Oh, wow. Um, it had the Tao, which is personally my favorite of all the religious texts. I, I relate heavily to the Tao. It's the one that's kind of like, you are the water. You let what happens happen. You allow it to pass. It's just really, I love the Tao. 
But anyways, yeah. So I don't, I don't remember if that's how it's split or not, but I think the way it's written, it looks the same as the Bible. So we'll go with that. <laughs> so what I found was in the Quran, seven, 12 to 13, if we're talking about verses, yeah. Iblis, Islamic version of Azazel or Azazel, Azazel, Azzy. <laughs> <laughs> And he's described as egotistical and for good reason. God created Iblis from fire, which essentially made him a genie. And like, like a cephalim. We yes. It, oh, exactly. it all comes together. Full circle. Yep. He believed he was better than Adam. Yes. Like Adam and Eve and told God as much. Iblis said he would not bow to Adam and deliberately disobeyed the divine command because God created Adam from clay and Iblis was born of fire, making him eons cooler in comparison. For sure. Yeah. All God was asking Iblis and his other angels to do was prostrate before his new creation, Adam, the first human. And Adam was kind of representative of humanity. For those of you who, like myself, have no idea what prostrating is, it's simply a prayer pose. One would lay face down in a prone position, arms above their head, with their face and hands touching the ground before the entity to be worshipped. Prostration was an absolute form of submission, and Iblis wasn't having it due to his superiority complex against humanity. To give you an image idea of prostration... If you've seen any kind of videos or pictures of um, when they like Islamic people are doing their prayer on their mat, that's that's what prostration is. Yes. And what I also learned is that that's why you are facing a specific direction yeah. when you are in prayer, because that's what you should be prostrating towards. Is yeah. What you are worshiping. Is it towards? I don't want to say the wrong thing. Is it the east? OK, yeah. So in the direction of the Qibla, which is the direction in that which a Muslim prays. But the Qibla, I think from what I was reading, is basically God. Okay. Or so it's something Allah? adjacent. Yes. Interesting. I we'll have to so. do a more I deeply apologize to any Muslims who are listening. If we are very wrong, it is not out of disrespect. It is out of ignorance. It is out of ignorance and also definitely not some amazing sources. Yes. Um, yeah, there was, especially in terms of Azazel, the research was a little difficult because Azazel has been used in pop culture so many times. I had to dig through a lot of supernatural fandom sites. I believe it. Yeah. I was digging through a lot of anime. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. So yeah, no disrespect uh. to any, any of the religions in which we have mispronounced or misinformed. We did do research. We're new. We're still working out the kinks in our research so it will get better and feel free to correct us. I want to know. It's very important to me that if I'm incorrect, that I learn. So let us know if we're wrong, if we pronounce something wrong, or if we just get something wrong, just yeah, tell us. Set the dirt star straight. Yeah. We want to know the truth and it will set us free. Well, apparently a goat stuffing it full of sin and sending it into the desert is the way to go about setting yourself free. We'll have to do that. We might have to suffice with mice from my yeah. house. Um, we, we can make a truth mouse. Oh, oh, we'll have to do one of each. <laughs> do we get, do I get to keep the truth mouse? John the prophet. Won't, I was won't just going to say, you're going to have to ask John the prophet and sure as shit, the man upstairs is not going to let me keep it. <sighs> More on that later too. Um, But so talking, as you were like bringing up the Quran and Iblis, if we're pronouncing that correctly, what's super interesting is kind of mentioned the jinn, the al-jinn as it's written in the Quran. Yeah. And I guess they're just individually called genies. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, if you're thinking that sounds familiar, jinn sounds familiar, it is because it is anglicized as 
genies. So the genie in the bottle thing, obviously a very bastardized version of what is in the Quran. But it's interesting because the al-jinn are described in an appearance way similar to a cephalim. So again, like you said, built out of fire, serpentine, having multiple sets of wings. You seeing where this is headed? I'm seeing it. They're tied together. Oh, super interesting, but also really terrible that fucking white people <laughs> just, I mean, not surprising. Bastardize everything. That's, that's what we, yeah, we turn them blue and put them in Aladdin. <laughs> I was always like so fascinated. I don't think we have it anymore. We used to have a little genie lamp. Oh, that's so yeah, cool. Yeah. It was like a brass lamp and it was so fucking cool. It was an incense burner. The man upstairs had it for years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you picture in your head like the smoke coming out yeah. of the lamp. And- or like I dream of genie. Like, yes. like very things that are probably very deeply offensive to the actual original source of what they're supposed to be. Now that I'm thinking about it. We'll have to do a deep dive on the Algin and genies and pop culture and to give it the true respect that it deserves because I know yeah. a little bit but not a lot and I don't want to, you know get it wrong but it is very interesting there are similarities between azazel the christian and jewish azazel and the islamic texts talking about the algin yeah there's definitely more there and we're not here to malign genies no or rather algin algin although they are kind of described as fallen angels in some ways so maybe they they're all maligning um but we're not we're not here to to judge on that no i'm not gonna judge the genie I haven't done a lot of research on this and I don't want to get like too. (laughs) 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 Sorry, life got in the way. We shot down the Chinese balloon that's spying on America. What? Oh, you haven't heard about that? I live under a rock. Okay, so there's a Chinese (laughs) balloon that's in American airspace. We thought it was being used for surveillance. The Chinese were like, it's a a civilian weather balloon that just got like blown over. I think it's a little sus, but like, I don't know. I don't know things about, it looked weather balloony to me. Either way, we shut it down, so. USA. (laughs) USA. (laughs) I'm sure we'll find out. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Or maybe, maybe. Anyways, so... (laughs) Um, just like a brief note, I want to touch on this because I love Greek lore too. And just kind of tying into similarities between everything. Obviously Azazel is seen as a demonic creature, not seen as a positive thing. I can't help but see a little comparison though, between Azazel and Prometheus. Prometheus who brought down forbidden knowledge to mankind. He gave them fire. And so that helped them build tools. It helped them build weapons. It helped them, you know, create warfare or whatever. So he gave them this forbidden knowledge. Zeus was super pissed about it, tied him to a mountain, cursed him initially to have an eagle peck out his liver for all of eternity. But Prometheus wasn't sad enough. So he said, "Never mind. fuck you. It's going to be a vulture because that's way more disrespectful. Um, I love Prometheus. I think that he is a true like Christ-like character to me. And so it's interesting because I kind of see a little bit of a comparison with Azazel coming down and teaching mankind this forbidden knowledge and then being bound for all of eternity to suffer in a desert. I don't know. I just think yeah. that's really interesting. We we got to do a deep dive on Greek oh, mythology yes. for sure. I could talk for so long. And like comparisons between other. This is not a religion podcast. It we is are- not. We're just nerds. <laughs> yeah. We um the whole reason that we decided to discuss Azazel today is because Ellie had a friend building a home in her wall. Yes. And she named him Azazel. I caught him in a little plastic trap because I told my husband we could not use the ones that kill these little friends. 
Although he probably is dead now because it's negative 20 and I had to throw him outside, but it's fine. I'm over it. Oh my God. I forgot. I forgot just for a moment how fucking cold it was outside. It hurts to breathe. (laughs) Oh Oh no, Azzy. Poor Azzy. (laughs) Well, how long have you been dealing with the house mouse issue? Ever since we had some people move out who possibly lived a lifestyle that encouraged mice and then they moved out and the mice had needed somewhere to go. I'm sorry. It's okay. Like you were saying, that's why we decided to start with Azazel because A, our logo does have a goat and it kind of fit perfectly. (laughs) Yeah. And B, we named the mouse Azazel and he was going to be our mascot until we were forced to toss him out into the cold full of our sins. By John the Prophet. John the Prophet. Who is Ellsworth's husband. Yes. I'm just kidding. I love him. (laughs) I'm just a little bitter about the mouse. (laughs) Until you bind him to a rock. (laughs) Going with my sins. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Oh, and as another reference, you hear me say the man upstairs or God, and that is my husband, Big Spoon's husband. Yes. So. Yes. God is is our audio tech. He's upstairs (laughs) and he told us when we're being too loud. Although... God has been ignoring us because we did try to speak to him earlier and heard nothing. That's because I think God is playing rust with some buddies online. God, you're (laughs) supposed to be paying attention. (laughs) It's fine. And for those of you that don't know, rust is a fucking terrifying game. It's basically a horror game, but you wouldn't think of it as that. Some of the scariest things that have happened, it's nighttime. We're both having a glass of wine. He's playing rust, but doesn't have his headphones on and I can hear what's happening and there will be people banging down his door and trying to break into the house and it's pitch black you can't see anything it's fucking scary yeah yeah but i well i guess it doesn't really sound that scary no it sounds he tried to get me to play it and i would but i'm not spending money on it because i would say it's because i'm a cheap bitch but it's mostly because i'm currently forced to be a cheap bitch but I, I will. I've just spent too much money on video games in the last year. Destiny expansions are not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> and then I keep buying World of Warcraft like monthly renewals and then I don't have time to play it. So I have See, that's the problem. Yeah. You're playing games that have expansion packs. <laughs> that's that's what gets you folks. You download the free game and you're like, this is great. And then you have friends who want to do raids and things you can't do unless you buy the expansion pack. And with Destiny, there's a lot of them and they do a new one every like three months. Yeah, that's that's kind of but I love expensive. It. I love Destiny. The man upstairs, he hates that I play these like one-off games that are maybe like six to eight hours long. There's one story and it's very story driven yeah, and choice based, but I fucking love it. See, I am ashamed to admit this because I, I do love video games. I haven't been playing them for super long in my life. I didn't like have a lot of opportunities to play them as a kid. We did have yeah. a PlayStation, but I have finished very few games. I have finished... Mm two Assassin's Creed's and I've played most of them. I love Assassin's Creed, but there's just so many side quests and I get distracted and then I never finish the plot. I finished two Assassin's Creed's. I finished Breath of the Wild. Taking too yeah, long I to think, think that's it. I think that's it. And <laughs> wow. I've played a lot of games, but I just, I love games with side quests. That's why I love Assassin's Creed and why I love Destiny because you can get sucked in for hours on side quests. Um, but when it comes to the actual plot of the game, I almost never finish. Yeah. I'm very much like that with video games and art. There will be so many projects that I begin, portraits that I start, and I just, I'm like, fuck you, and I just put you away in a closet. My life is a graveyard of unfinished projects. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, unfinished projects and um, <laughs> unfinished video games. Yep. Pretty much, <laughs> this will not be an unfinished project. No, it will not. It this will is... not go in the graveyard. No, <laughs> unless we're doing an episode there. <laughs> the dirt yard. <gasps> well, I mean, hmm. uh, <laughs> it works. <laughs> I mean, it speaks for itself in a way. It a does. graveyard. I mean, there's dirt. Yeah, dirt yard. Yeah, dirt mm. hole. What? Anyway. <laughs> Back to Azzy. We're going to talk about pop culture because he's in a lot of things. Before we do that, let's dig a little bit into his current role in the occult world. Ooh. So based on his lore, tiptoe away from the, you know, the monotheistic Christian and Judaism with him being a demon. In occult, the occult world, he is still seen as a demon, but obviously things have been twisted a little bit. They're looked a little differently. It's seen more holistic with him having multiple uses and not just being this being of pure evil. So it's clear he's kind of a supernatural sponge, so to speak. He is meant to either punish or cleanse his worshipers of their sins. He balances your karmic impurities to minimize or erase whatever negative manifestations that you have from your sins and improve your daily life. Think of it like a juice cleanse, but without the diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to go over a summoning ritual. Just keep in mind this is not advice that you do the summoning ritual. It is highly recommended you do your research and you know what you're doing and you know how to get help if you do it incorrectly. And that Azazel read in a lot of Reddit posts and and forums, you know, Azazel can be summoned and can be very beneficial, but you need to make sure that you can handle Azazel because he is a demon and you need to make sure that you're doing it properly. So we are going to cover this ritual. I wrote it up in a way that we will not be performing the ritual by sharing how to do it. Uh, you're genius. And I, cause I was getting nervous about reading this. Yeah, no, um, cause so this is a cold read. It is. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> this is the ritual I mentioned earlier that I got on occultist.net from Astenu Sever. It's written in a way where we are safe in sharing it. Watch us. Don't do as we do. After you, Big Spoon, (laughs) take it away. Thanks, Ellsworth. Fuck. Okay. (laughs) This ritual is by Astenu Sever, which is like a very cool name. Yeah. Anyway. Very occultist. (laughs) It was published on occultist.net. First, as with any ritual, there is the sacrifice. Everything is about balance. And if you want something, you have to give something. Oh, I think my spine just left my body. (laughs) (laughs) So the, the Jews would sacrifice a lamb or goat. A modern day practitioner could go with something valuable to themselves, burning money or a prized possession. Astenu Sever even mentions that building an altar to Azzy, sacrificing your time, might suffice. It makes sense because especially in this world, I think time, it has a, a monetary value to it. Building an altar makes sense. I think if I were to do this, I would probably still find a thing to sacrifice because I wouldn't want to put myself in a situation where I am asking for something more than I've given and then maybe there is an imbalance. My suggestion would be to do more than just build an altar. I mean, unless you have very little sins, I don't know. I would go all the way with this one. That's kind of creepy. Yeah. To think that you could accidentally, unintentionally fuck yourself because your sacrifice wasn't big End up owing more than you've been given. Don't like that. So the next thing you're going to do is create a magic circle with salt. Salt is a very common magical element that is used in rituals. It's purifying. It's protecting. It's really good to have. Like you've always taught me, salt and sage. Salt and sage, salt and burn. That's how you take (laughs) care of things. Um, So I find this particularly interesting because not only is salt something that is often considered as, you know, purifying, anti-demon, 
specifically the jinn, which as we mentioned are closely related to azazel, despise salt. If you look oh. up things about the jinn or jinn, it specifically mentions they don't like salt. Salt is like, think of them like slugs, just don't like it. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it makes sense. Um, you know, in the article, Sever does note that this circle specifically is meant to protect you from other spirits or evil things throughout the ritual that might want to participate when they notice you, you know, summoning something. So it makes sense that you're, you know, you're putting yourself inside of a protected circle being this salt. It's a wall against... I, I flicked something with my nail. It wasn't a sound that, like, came from nowhere. No, I think there's um my heater, my baseboard heating. <laughs> she she just looked at the corner like it's not here. We haven't even said said the summoning chant Listen, yet. <laughs> it's daylight. There's a fucking ring light. I got my little Edison bulbs, but at the same time, <laughs> talking about something inviting itself into your ritual because you didn't complete your fucking salt circle. Yeah. There is something really distressing about that. You need to be very careful about your intentions and what you're welcoming in. That's why, again, we're sharing this with you and, and you can check it out when you go to our website and find the link to this article. Know what you're doing. This is not something you should just do for shits and giggles. I don't know if it's real or not. I'm not going to do it for shits and giggles. No. Because I don't want to find out the hard way that it is real. That's just not in my cards at this point in time. Maybe someday I'll be braver. Right now, we're just sharing this because we think it's cool. Don't do it unless you know what you're doing and you know how to protect yourself against things you may be inviting in. But if you already did do it, please share. If you have experiences summoning Azazel or summoning something else, let us know. We want to hear about it. Yeah, I definitely want to know about your fucked up experience and yes. how it's caused all kinds of chaos in your life. The more or, fucked up, the better. Or really good things. I don't know. That's cool too. Less fun, but we also want to hear that. <laughs> A lot less <laughs> Suffering fun. is more exciting. Holy shit. Anyway, okay. So next, you're going to evoke Azazel by saying this chant three times. We're only doing it once because we're not in a salt circle. <laughs> I sacrifice to you, Azazel, a symbol of my past to rid me of sin, to remove misconducts that have plagued me thus far. I seek purity and light in body, spirit, and mind. Ooh. <laughs> God, you're going to have to overlay some fun music with that. Make my voice like really creepy. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Definitely do some edits over that. Oh, like, you know, the lady, do you ever watch that show from the travel channel, like way back in the early aughts and this lady, she had like a tiny voice and she would talk about these haunted locations. No, what? And she was also in the poltergeist movies. No. And she would walk into the house and she was like a clairvoyant. <laughs> oh That's my god awesome i you guys i i'm not gonna look it up but you know who i'm talking about she has a great little tiny human <laughs> voice and it's very fun and creepy anyway <laughs> do you want to reread it no wait no we're not gonna do that <laughs> one reading only <laughs> scratch that all right so the next thing you're going to do after you say that chant three times in your salt circle in the salt circle do not break the salt circle. Do not break the salt circle. You're going to perform a purifying meditation. What Sever suggests is the lotus position, which is a simple sitting meditation pose. You're going to sit that way in middle of your magic salt circle. You're going to close your eyes. And this is a really common, like you've probably been told to do something like this in yoga. You're going to imagine a bright light. This is a direct quote from Sever's article. Imagine a bright light moving from the base of your spine, climbing up through the spine to the top of your head, then descending through the front of your face, your tongue, and all the way down to your navel. From there, it will move to the pelvic region and back to the base of the spine. 
Then it will move back up again to the head and the circle repeats in the same fashion. So it's kind of this bright light is circling through you and think of it, you know, it's like purifying you. Yeah. It's very yoga slash meditation. Kind of like, it makes me think of Reiki. Cause if you, yeah. if you like learn how to do self Reiki, it's very much about like a cleansing light and a cleansing warmth. It kind of makes me think of that. And if you're familiar with Reiki, maybe that's something that you would or would not want to tie in with Azazel depending on what you vision it as a good or evil thing. So it's important to help guide the light, but not to force it, as Sever says. Just kind of follow your intention, which is, you know, magic is all about intention. Follow that intention and just kind of let it do its thing. Perform this purifying exercise for five to 10 minutes. Keep your tongue attached to the roof of your mouth during this meditation. So press up against the top, kind of like Sever says, if you try to say Larry, that's where the tongue should be. So think about your tongue being up there as going, Ew. that's where your tongue needs to be during this Okay, um, hold on. Is that so nothing gets in your mouth and inside your body? I think during the ritual. Ooh, I didn't even think about it that way. That's that's horrifying. exactly what I'm picturing. I'm thinking. So I know that keeping your tongue up there opens your throat more. It makes breathing easier and more clear, like the pathway. Oh, okay. That makes. But it oh. also does make sense as a blockage to keep something from forcing its way in. Well, I like the more wholesome version. Of it could be a little bit of both. Thinking. Okay. <laughs> So ending the ritual by thanking Azazel for his support and leaving the magic circle is how you complete the ritual. Kind of in the same way that you're dealing with a new Ouija board, you need to make sure that you're ending the ritual. You don't just stop halfway through. You end it and you kind of label that end. You say, thank you, goodbye, this is done. Because if you don't do that, something might be following you outside of that magic circle when you yeah, step out. You, you need to end the conversation yeah. properly. You, know, with, you close that door. Yeah. With politeness. Yes. But only to demons. I don't care about being blight to anyone else. Yes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> wow. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. That ritual. I mean, I don't want to fuck with that shit, but mm -hmm. I definitely want to go see if anyone else has. Yes. If you have, <laughs> have you have done this and it worked or did not work for you? Let us know. Yeah. We want to hear about it. All right. Well, let's get into some pop culture. Yeah. So this I've done the least amount of research on. So this is going to be the most I know about, honestly, is just Supernatural because I love Supernatural. It's such a fantastic show. Well, let's name all this stuff and then just kind of talk about Supernatural because somehow I managed to make it to the age I am now without ever watching Supernatural. But at the same time, I grew up with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, Charmed, all that shit, and never got into it. I don't know what happened. It is low budget at first. And I do understand why people don't like it. However, I adore Supernatural. I love that the cast are all really good friends. It's funny, but it's dark and spooky. And <laughs> I've learned a lot. I, I don't want to say that they're entirely faithful to like, true lore but i have learned a lot about creatures i would always do research after learning things to see how much oh, is true heck yeah salt and burn <laughs> is definitely that's where i got it from it's salt and burn <laughs> okay be careful when it comes to actually burning things because sometimes you're releasing something when you burn it so you don't always want to salt and burn sometimes that's freeing like if you have a, a cursed object you may not want to burn that one <laughs> okay <laughs> because well that's making me think about people that have crystals Mm -hmm. You know, they say like certain things you cannot cleanse with water, like selenite, because yeah. it's fucking salt. That's yeah, you're just going to melt it. <laughs> yeah, you're just going to melt your selenite stick used for healing. And it's like, ah, bitch, <laughs> you know, so interesting. Yeah. I don't remember where 
I read that. I think I had, it was just like, it was some older book. I think I got from my mom on witchcraft and it yeah. was just talking about ways to <laughs> cleanse things. And it, and it said specifically, yeah, my mother is, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have a whole episode on my mother. Yeah. I just love that she covered the bases of all religion and paganism in general. <laughs> I, I grew up very Christian with a mother who also taught me all the pagan origins of every holiday taught me to hug trees, taught me the magical <laughs> natures of plants, got very upset when I said Jesus was a witch. The man walked on water and healed people. <laughs> he turned water into wine. That's a pretty magical thing to do, but whatever. That's another if episode. If I could have one superpower. Water into wine? Yeah, like a Shiraz. I would want to just be able to <laughs> fill anything with whatever I wanted. Oh, okay. That's even better if you make it like broad, you yeah, know, like keep it general. Fill the bladders of your enemies with piss. Or poison. I mean, depending on how much of an enemy they are. Fill your bank account with money. Yeah. Fill your belly with food. The filler of things. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You're like the Orbeez for like all vessels. Yeah. So, you know, don't get on my bad (laughs) side, but I could also, you know, give you a good time. Fill your brain with dopamine. I don't know. Or Orbeez. Or, or, ooh. (laughs) I I desperately want to eat Orbeez. They look so tasty. It might be fine if you spit it out. No, I want, I want to eat that shit. Oh. <laughs> if it goes in my mouth, it is getting but swallowed. You'll, you'll like explode like a pigeon that eats rice or something. I want to eat them once they're filled with water. Oh, so they've like expanded. They've reached their yeah. final form. Yeah. Or take, sense. I want to go swimming in Orbeez. <gasps> Pool yes. of Orbeez. If y'all want pictures of us swimming in Orbeez, you'll have to sign up for our Patreon and it will be not cheap, but I would be happy to do it <laughs> if someone else pays for it. <laughs> I think the man upstairs could help us make that happen. Oh my God. We have to do an episode in a kiddie pool of Orbeez. Oh, <laughs> that would be so fun. Yep. Sign up for the Patreon. Yep. It'll be a down and dirty episode. Patreon members only. <laughs> It'll be fun. I am so down. It's just like uh toe picks. Yeah. Toe picks too. That's also a Patreon thing. <laughs> we haven't really figured out how that's going to work, but I, there's little I won't do for money. <laughs> There is a line. Insane. There is a line. I'm married to, to a protective man, but toe picks I have been told Same. are acceptable. Oh, you have? Yes. I really got to paint my toenails. Mine are, mine are a little grubby. Grubby? The, you know, the one, the one that got detached though is pretty much back to normal. You guys, she's basically a lizard. Yeah. I detached a toenail and I slapped that fucker back on, taped it up. It reattached to I'm, my toe. I'm not saying that lizards do that, but it's. You know, my nickname in high school, one of them, I guess it was more of a name that was given to me by people who bullied me, but it was E-Lizard Booth. E-Lizard Booth? Yeah, it was a really <laughs> like terrible bastardization of Elizabeth, but it was a loser booth and E-Lizard Booth. Wow. Yep. It was definitely said to make fun of me, but it was so fucking ridiculous. I was like, all right, like, ooh, you got me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go home and cry about that one. (laughs) Yeah. My nickname, one of my many nicknames was Rowley Bojangles. Uh, God has called you Bojangles. I'm, I, yeah. What? Jangles for what, uh, sure. What does, what, why? We just had a fucking group of friends back in high school, my sister and I, but her nickname was B Bojean. Okay. Rally Bojangles, B Bojean. And right. she still to this day calls me Rowley. That's awesome. Rhymes with Crowley. <laughs> oh. That's your occultist name. Yes. My occultist name is Alistair Crowley. The nickname I had from my friends in high school was Disaster Girl. It was well-earned. I was going to say, that's kind of fun. Yeah, I was the gimmick, which 
turned out to be mostly true. I think it was just the way the cards fell. If you went to do something with me, you would be very safe because anything that could possibly happen to you or to anyone there would happen to me. Stepping on cans in a beach that everyone else goes to, I somehow find the rusty can, get an infected foot. (laughs) Bouncing off my own fence in the middle of the night, running full tilt. I had a chain link pattern on my face and knees. (laughs) (laughs) It was my own fence. I knew it was there. Being (laughs) roadkill. Yeah, literally, if like something could happen, it would happen to me. So people would just, I was the good luck charm. Disaster girl. You're like that t-shirt with the dog and it's got like three legs and missing an eye and the sign on its little dog house is lucky. (laughs) The the gang's all here. (laughs) That's so fucking sad. (laughs) Well, anyway, sorry about the tangent, but (laughs) back to Um, pop culture, Azazel. (laughs) We'll do Supernatural last. Yeah, we'll do Supernatural last um, and we can popcorn back and forth. Yeah, that sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. Azazel is the leader of the Fallen Angels in the manga series High School D&D. He is one of eight demon kings and a son of Satan in the manga Blue Exorcist. I've seen a lot of references to Blue Exorcist online. It comes across as like a recommended show for me to watch. Yeah. I'll have to give it a try. He is a demon in Mortal Instruments. I believe both the show and the book, right? I'm pretty sure. Oh, is he? I think so. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure both. He is also in Neil Gaiman's Sandman, which is fantastic. In the movie Fallen, he is a demonic entity passed from person to person by touch. That's fucking creepy. Yeah. (laughs) He is in the anime Rage of Bahumut. Bahumut? 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 Rage of (laughs) Bahumut. Rage of B-H-A, no, B, I can't even spell it. Rage of B-A-H-A-M-U-T, Genesis, and is Lucifer's second in command. And then in season two, Rage of Bahumut, Virgin Soul, he works for a demonic funeral home. And you made a note that he also has sick makeup, or maybe it's just his face. We're going to go with makeup because that's his, like, one of the things, the deceptions that he taught womankind. His appearance is really cool. He's got, you know, kind of long white hair, like shaggy looking, bright white. And he has purple eye makeup and this little design beneath one of his eyes. And his lips are also purple. It was kind of giving me Edward Scissorhand vibes, but very clean cut. And he's like the cutest little angel, but also not angel. Demon? Demon. I mean, Lucifer is second in command. Take that as you will. But yeah, super fucking awesome. Yeah. I loved that because of the whole, I showed you how to look fucking rad. Yeah. Neat. He is the yellow-eyed demon in Supernatural. So if you are familiar with Supernatural, you know that the primary antagonist in the first two seasons is this yellow-eyed demon. It is the demon that Mary, the spoiler alert. There's a spoiler alert. If you have not watched Supernatural, Riley doesn't care because she likes spoilers. But if you haven't seen, if you have not seen Supernatural and you plan on seeing it and you don't want the plot to be ruined, just know that I'm about to ruin part of it for you. Not the whole plot. That would take a very long podcast, but (laughs) in the first two seasons, he is the quote unquote yellow eyed demon that they are trying to hunt down. They believe that he is the one that killed Mary, their mother. He is. Oh fuck. When Sam was a baby, some creature came in to steal him away and pinned Mary to the ceiling of his bedroom and set her on fire. And that's how she died. 
Oh my God. So like there are a lot of these flashbacks of Sam having the memory, although he was a baby and really shouldn't have remembered that. Dean having the memory, their father who becomes a hunter of these creatures because of this incident. So this is what set them on the path of being hunters. Is this happening to Mary? You find out later on that, so the yellow-eyed demon is Azazel. You find out later on that he is giving psychic powers to children to kind of create this, you know, I think army maybe or, or something. And Mary, essentially, you find out much later on to save her husband because he gets attacked. She was a hunter. She was raised in a hunter family. He was not a hunter. He gets attacked is dying, she sells something to the yellow-eyed demon, to Azazel, to save his life, and that something ends up being Sam. So when he comes to take Sam, she tries to stop him, dies. They become hunters. Wow. That becomes their family, hunting creatures, hunting monsters, saving people. Start watching this now. It's so good. And you know what's interesting about that? I didn't include it in like our episode about Azazel, but... There are three houses that spirits are in, and these spirits work under Azazel. Um, I have my notes upstairs. <laughs> uh, we'll pause. We'll pause. We'll we'll come back to this. Um, you go grab your notes. I will grab us two ciders. Fuck yeah. <laughs> okay, so where where did we leave off? So I was talking about how well you were telling us that there are these spirits or rather beings that Azazel in the show Supernatural, he's trying to get together like a fucking legion. Yeah. Yeah. So I read that there are these houses and there are spirits divided into the three houses and those spirits work under Azazel. The names of them are Anatel, Retzael, and Malkash. But here's the thing, though. I can't find a single thing about these houses other than in this one grimoire about Azazel and this person's, the author, about their journey, you know, summoning and having rituals about Azazel and kind of following it as a life path, basically. And it's a very tiny book. And on the website, this person who owns the site took pictures of them with white gloves on opening the book. I think there's very few copies of it, like hardcover copies. And on the front of it, there's like this big sigil. It's very cool. Is it, is it, is it the sigil? I don't believe it's that. So we found Azazel's sigil, which if you build an altar to him in performing the summoning ritual, we will share a picture of the sigil that you can use in the ritual but that's super interesting so no idea of the location of these houses like even down to a country they're in well i don't even think they're real houses i think it's like like slytherin hufflepuff kind of houses yeah i'm a hufflepuff by the way (laughs) yeah i'm a ravenclaw (laughs) i used to be a gryffindor when i was a kid but i changed I've been Ravenclaw from day one. I was so upset when I was a kid and I was Ravenclaw because I wanted to be Gryffindor. Everyone wants to be Gryffindor. You straight up look like a Ravenclaw. I I am Ravenclaw through and through. I am too much of a fucking nerd to be (laughs) anything but a Ravenclaw. (laughs) That's so funny. Well, I had like second thoughts about it because I was like, oh my God, can you sort yourself more than once? But it's like, eh, I'm an adult now. I've changed. It changes. Like I was 10 when the books came out and that's when you get your letter Harry. Yeah. <laughs> I was know? can we talk about the fucking disappointment at on your eleventh birthday <laughs> not getting a letter? I'm like, maybe they uh, maybe they got my address wrong. I like, you know, uh, it happens. Maybe maybe the owls got scared off. Yeah. 
I think that's probably what happened. Yeah. There's um, a lot of those fucking owls around here. Yeah. So my address is Beep. Um <laughs> send me my goddamn Hogwarts letter. <laughs> I don't care. I will be a, that weird old student. I want to know how to do things. <laughs> You'll be like a full adult <laughs> towering over the 11 year olds. Olivia <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> saw. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. I was watching a great TikTok the other night of a Harry Potter like wand. And if you swish it a certain way and say a spell, it activates and this light runs through it and you can see it through the grain of the wood. And then the tip of the wand will light up as well. Oh. It is so cool oh that's awesome yeah i just i run really bad that is so cool i as a kid i pretended chopsticks were wands that was my like oh that's perfect we just had like a drawer of like you know the like you get from a restaurant like the cheap little chopsticks and yeah. my brother and i would just run around and pretend that they were wands <laughs> i actually have a wand that a good friend of mine we used to work together and, and she has these awesome themed Christmas parties every year. And unfortunately the last two years, our Christmas parties have been on the same date. So we haven't been, I haven't been able to go, mm. but she had a Harry Potter themed one once. And the letter, she sent me a letter in the mail. It was like handwritten in this calligraphy wax stamped, like oh. burnt at the edges, just the coolest thing ever. And I got my own wand and that it was just so the cool. cool. And then they had like a margarita themed Christmas party. And we have two margarita glasses that they decorated and gave to us. It is literally, they just have the coolest What parties. a cool idea. We should attempt to do that. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I love think themed parties. Really fun. Costume parties. Like, I don't care. It doesn't need to be Halloween related. Well, <laughs> again, you talked about it before the murder mystery party. Yes. I think that would be pretty dope. Oh, for sure. I just want to do all the, like the dorky stuff that like, yeah, you know what? Some people might think it's lame, but like some girl I follow on TikTok who's like a costumer. And so like she dresses up and people were asking her because she'll dress up with her friends. They're like, how do you find other costumers to be friends with? And she was like, that's the trick. You don't find other costumers. You make your friends (laughs) become costumers for you. Yeah, you don't find them. You create, you create them. them. Yeah, <laughs> so cool. I I can picture her being all confident when oh, she's saying sure. it too. Yeah. Like- <laughs> so I have a sewing machine, and I'm just saying I used to wear a lot of cloaks, and they're way warmer than coats are. I could get down with a cloak. I had one that had the little the leaf clasp from Lord of the oh, Rings, like a brooch. It was super cozy. It was fleece. It was blue, and it had flannel on the inside, and. I wore it all the time. I was so obsessed with that little elven. Yeah. So pretty. I had a couple of the rings. Ooh. Yeah. I have one that is like fully gold still. And the other one is very well loved and worn away. That's (laughs) that's very cool though. I definitely like there's a part of me that we're talking about like tattoos. The next tattoo I got, I was thinking it would be cool to just get the inscription around my thigh. That would look pretty sick. Yeah. Almost like a garter belt in a way. But just of the one ring. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea. Oh, there's just too many ideas. Welcome to our tattoo cast. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it's an addiction. But yeah, these three houses, I think essentially it's a way to define them and maybe who these spirits are, Uh, but I don't know why. I can't find anything else about it. I think I have to get my hands on the book. We might have to do an Azazel Revisited. If you have access to this book, please. (laughs) I will include the name of it in the show notes. 
old grimoires i would love what's the one that's bound in human skin that's like uh, the like it's yes the one that's on how to kill witches i know what you're talking about the malleus maleficarum yes yeah yep that sounds translated right. as the hammer of witches it is the best known treatise on witchcraft mm. it was written by a german catholic clergyman Heinrich kramer Henri. Henri. Um, and it was published in 1486 in the German city of Speyer, according to Wikipedia. Oh, interesting. Ooh, and I found my book. It's called The Book of Azazel, Grimrar of the Damned. Interesting. But I don't know what the symbol I, is. It's a triangle with three circles and a moon on the top of it. And that kind of like this symbol is very pagan to me. Yeah. Like, okay. Wait, I don't know. so I'm going to try and... Triangle with three circle symbol up. There you go. Ooh, okay. I'm not finding it, but I'm wondering. We might um, be able to match up some magical symbols. Sigil for Saturn. Oh, let's see. No, but the sigil for Azazel that I found on several sites that said it was the sigil for Azazel. If you look up the Saturn sigil, it is the same sigil. Fucking get out. Hold on. Seal of Azazel. <gasps> okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Cute Ready? necklace. Yes. Very, um, very necklace. cute. <laughs> um, that was the seal of Azazel. This is the sigil of Saturn. We will share these in the video. Same fucking sigil. It's the same thing. Same thing. Wait, did we talk about there being a correlation yes. between Azazel and Saturn? Yes, but we didn't go into detail. In my research through texts and stuff, I found very little comparing Azazel and Saturn. Very little. I did see that there was a correlation. I only found this on Reddit. I didn't find it on any what I would call quote unquote reliable sources. Obviously when we're talking about mythology, reliable source is a very loose term. Right. Only on Reddit did I find comparisons to Azazel, Saturn, and Kronos. I didn't find any religious texts or anything like that sharing it. However, you look up sigil for Saturn and it's the same sigil for Azazel. I don't want to go on a deep dive looking yeah. at different symbols okay i'm gonna look up sigil for chronos and see if it's the same it's not chronos sigil is different hmm. okay so the circle with the half moon on top yeah. is a symbol for horned god <gasps> that makes sense right yeah. goat whatever yeah um but i don't know what the other two mean it must mean some type of triad type thing yeah a triad that is a reoccurring theme in any type of right the father, the son, the Holy Ghost, the mother, the maiden, and the crone. Maybe the three houses, but that could be a stretch. <gasps> Whoa. I don't know. Anatel is the National Telecommunications Agency. That Azazel is the CEO of? It looks like it is the <laughs> National Telecommunications Agency of Brazil. <laughs> so I'm assuming... Not Let's it. try... I'm going to write Azazel after. Oh, okay. A triangle facing the right way. Yeah. Is the fire symbol, right? It's a symbol for fire. Yeah. We have the horned god, potentially three circles for the house, the houses, Anatel, Retzael, very biblical like spelling. So the only thing that's coming up is the thing that you originally found it on talking about. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Is there more? Yeah, no, the book of Azazel, the grimoire of the damned. E.A. Ketting. Yeah. Interesting. Yes, very interesting. But look I need to find this book. Okay. I'm assuming this is a site you found it on, Balkan's Arcane Bindings blogspot. Yes. A closer look at esoteric books, grimoires, and talismanic texts. Oh, yeah. So that's the thing I wanted to tell you. There's a metric fuck ton of really sweet books on there. Yeah, we need to... We'll do an episode yeah. on this. Um, and I found another site. It's all about demons. It's every demon ever. 
That so, site was pretty cool. Oh, this is just, I'm just falling into this blog post and they're talking about how Mr. Ketting, the author of the Grimoire of the Damned, comes from the quote unquote, all is mind school of thought, mm-hmm. which is fascinating because all is mind is like, to me, the defining characteristic of Christian science. More on that in another <laughs> episode. <laughs> Ellsworth wow. did mention that she was raised in a heavily Christian family. In what some might consider a Christian cult. I don't consider it cult. I get very offended by that. However, I would say that any religion really could be considered a cult if you're outside of it. Well, from what you've told me, I don't find it to be a cult. I think it only falls under that parameter because it is a small religion. And generally, I mean, like any cult is like... An esoteric religion. Yes, yes. And like, there are a lot of people who get very, if you look it up, Christian science is not a Christian thing. It is blasphemy, whatever. Only Jesus can heal. Yeah. But that might be coming from a straight up Christian and not someone raised in Christian science. No. Yeah. It is just coming, especially Catholics. Like Catholicism does not mesh. Yeah. My family are Catholics. Very crazy. Very, very (laughs) different kinds. If I had a penny for every Catholic who told me I was going to hell, I would probably up close to a dollar which is a lot of pennies pennies. (laughs) yeah like I was telling you before my crazy ex-stepmother she told me I couldn't be buried in a cemetery because I was never baptized still ain't she tried to make me an appointment and scared the bejesus out of me or into me so I I like (laughs) I was all about it met a priest everything Oh yeah. I think it was like 11 or 12 when this happened, but then nothing came of it. It's so funny because I was never baptized, but my sister was, I think the second time around my parents were like, ah, we don't want this one going to hell. Ah, it's fine. I already know that, you know, her sister, she's got godparents. So of course they're going to take big spoon. Oh yeah. (laughs) That makes sense. That makes sense. But what I think she meant is that I can't be buried in a Catholic cemetery. Yeah. I think there is a thing about that. I mean, it makes sense. And like, I mean, I don't want to go to heaven with a bunch of prudes anyways. I don't like, know that I even want to be in a cemetery either. Yeah. Like, dude, toss me, feed me to the fishies. I don't know. Actually, I don't want to go in the, don't put me in the ocean, please. That's um, terrifying. What if yeah. you make it all the way to the bottom? Mm-mm. I mean, you probably won't because Mm-mm. there's so many creatures. Don't, don't like that. Yeah. I, I don't believe that you, there's a very small part of me and I blame Stephen King for this. Um, there's a very small part of me that is absolutely petrified that I will remain in my body after death. What story is that from? I don't remember. I just remember reading. There was some Stephen King novel where it talked. I don't know. I don't remember what it was. I don't remember where it came from. All I remember is it's Stephen King's fault that I have that fear. I know it's ridiculous, but like what a, what a fucking nightmare, man, to be stuck in your rotting body. It's not. Don't put Mr. me in the ocean. Um, what's it called? Mr. Harrington's phone? No, no, not that one. Um, is that what it's called? That is, I think it's Mr. Harrington's phone. Or Mr. Harrigan's phone. Mr. Harrigan's phone. Yeah, it's not that one. (laughs) Stephen King's visions for after death are absolutely horrifying. I hope that he's wrong. Yeah, that's all I have to say on the matter. Yeah, he's a spooky man. He is a spooky, spooky mind. Spooky man. He's a haunted man. Yeah, he doesn't believe in world building. He thinks that the term is overused. Just a fun fact. I didn't know I that. I follow him on Twitter and he said that recently. So I d- what does I disagree. he define it I as? don't know. He just, he didn't elaborate, or at least when I last looked, he hadn't elaborated. He just said that he thought world building was a term that should not be used. And it's like, okay, well, you say that to J.R. Tolkien. 
Yeah, that's seriously. literally all the man did. But is it because he thinks that authors are like committing themselves too deeply to description and like literally building this world? And if I don't have everything in place, I can't continue. So he said this was two days ago. World building in quotes is a phrase I really wish would be retired. Not only is it sloppy and lazy, it has become trite. Whoa. People were not happy <laughs> with this. It's mostly disagreements. Some quotes, responses. Uh, what an honestly peculiar thing to say. So you'd like to build a world without the phrase world building? Someone just shared the meme from Simpsons of the grandfather shaking his fist saying, <laughs> old man yells at cloud. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there is a reason behind those words. Yeah. I've been a huge Stephen King fan since I was a kid. I He is, will forever be one of my favorite authors. Yeah. I will say that Christopher Buhlman, I realize I've never said his last name out loud, so I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Um, He has taken the spot for my favorite horror author over Stephen King. I can't wait to start reading that book you gave me. Between Two Fires is just so good. It needs to be a movie. They need to make Pedro Pascal, Thomas the Knight. Yes. That's the only request I have and it needs to be soon because he's not getting any younger. And those who don't know, Pedro Pascal was in Narcos, I believe. Yes, in Last of Us. And he is, in his own words, everyone's slutty daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. That's a thing. He's an absolutely delightful man. He is the perfect Joel. He is perfect for Joel. And Thomas is an older, disgraced, partially Spanish knight. I just, it's yeah. gotta be, it's gotta be Pascal. Oh shit, they better get on that movie. Yeah. Because he's like a ripe age. He is the perfect I mean? age to play Thomas <laughs> right now. So make that happen, Hollywood. Everyone. I know that you're listening to this because this is obviously a fantastic, very popular podcast. Yes, and um, get on our it. budget is out of control. I mean, <laughs> well, God has already <laughs> gone above and beyond what I would have done. Thank you, God. <laughs> God's really into this project, though. Where would we be without God? We I would still be just talking about how cool it would be if we did this. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, God. Thanks, God. Well, where the fuck were we? I There's not really <laughs> much left. I will read over a few of the remaining notes we haven't covered. Sure. And then if we have anything to go from there, Azazel and Aleister Crowley. I am very curious, based on Crowley's interactions with different demons, whether he ever attempted to interact with him. But it's very hard to look that up because if you are familiar with Supernatural, you are very familiar with the fact that there is the king of hell. His name is Crowley in Supernatural. So when you look up Azazel and Crowley, you are going to find exclusively Supernatural content. I found one article that was talking about the real Aleister Crowley and Azazel, but it was behind a paywall. And I am cheap, so... That is, that is where that ends. And I also saw something about him, descriptions of Azazel as being a hermaphroditic. Yeah. A hermaphrodite genie, which is fascinating and very interesting. And I will just go on a quick tangent. In the Book of Enoch, there are descriptions about changing genders specifically related to things Jesus has said, which I find fascinating. Very interesting. Yes. That's a whole nother thing. But yeah, gender bending is a thing. I don't have the quote, but I remember reading it and highlighting it and being like, that's going to come up. I'm bringing that up. So was he like noticeably a hermaphrodite? Azazel? I don't know. I don't even know where the descriptions came from because I didn't list a source. I literally just wrote hmm. descriptions of him as a hermaphroditic genie. Explanation point question mark. <laughs> That's all I have Very on apropos. that. Yeah. Yeah. So about Alistair Crowley, what was his wife's name? Did he have one wife? Just one? 
Well, the one in particular that went along with everything and he had a, a daughter with. Okay. Um, yeah. But if you search like Aleister Crowley, Thelema, goat ritual, you get some shit. Oh, yeah. But not a lot. <laughs> so yeah. I was trying to find a way to get around the whole Aleister Crowley, Azazel. Yeah. And not have it be pop culture. So he practiced Thelema. Yeah. Leah Hersig. So in the rituals, there was definitely, I think, a lot of sex magic going on. That was like his thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of her deals is that she was trying to fuck a goat during the ritual. And I don't know that it actually ever happened. I don't love that. No. <laughs> that's, that's pretty upsetting. Yeah. And if it happened in the U.S., it probably wasn't legal. No. You're going to go to Germany for that. Yeah. So I don't know that it actually ever happened, but that was the only connection that I could find between like goats involved in the ritual. I really hope it didn't happen. Probably not. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe Pro- it was more symbolic, like yeah. the, a goat was there. To receive her, I don't, I don't like it. Not a fan. Uh, Henry, let us know from uh, last podcast on the left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or Marcus. Yeah, I'm down. You would know. You would know. We need answers. Actually, I don't know if you saw it on the drive, but I added a picture. It's a very old depiction of Azazel, but it's from like the 1850s. Looks kind of like Henry. <laughs> I guess we'll have to tag him on the post. We'll share it for everyone to see. Yeah, I'm not kidding. If you scroll all the way to the bottom. Is it under topics? Oh, wait, no. Is it the one you put in the... Yes, I was looking at that. <laughs> and that's not very nice of you to say, but I don't disagree. This one? Yes! I feel like he would find it hilarious. <laughs> if, it's, it's like a caricature of Henry. Yes. Henry, yes. yeah. Like if you paid like a dollar to paint yes. you on the street. Yeah. Um, Henry you know, I is see much it. more becoming than yes, this. of course. But there's just something about it. Like I see the, it. The beard. And yeah. The, ah, and also I picture your pretty face is going to hell. The horns. I yeah. don't know. You did this, not me. Yeah. Yep. And then I have a very pretty picture of Azazel above that. Yes. That he kind is of. missing a hand though. It's freaking me out. Yeah. I saw that and I was wondering this website's actually very cool. This painting, it's called Azazel, the Fallen Star by Peter Moorbacher. He has a website, angelarium.net. All he does is paintings of angels and demons. They're very Ooh. fucking cool. And each page, he gives you an actual description of why he painted them in a certain way. And apparently this is kind of like the battle-worn version of Azazel. It's a very fucking cool painting. For this piece, I wanted to show Azazel later on in the story after a a lot of big events have already happened. He has survived a lot, but he didn't make it out in one piece. Most obviously, his right hand is gone. Oh, this is fascinating. He has an entire section on the Watchers and the Seraphim. Yes. Yeah, look at this one of Azazel, the angel of sacrifice. It's him with a goat. I feel like we have to buy yes, this. Yes, I almost put that one on there too because that's like an Assassin's you, Creed version. Can you buy prints <laughs> of his art? I want, I want this. When we had our pod loft, when we get one one yes. day, we'll have very cool, demonic, beautiful art on the wall. <laughs> oh, you can buy a book of his watchers, of all the watchers for $40. Mm-hmm. Very cool website. Sign Highly recommend. Seraphim handcrafted pendant. Oh my God. Again, that's angelarium.net. Okay, you can buy prints for $45. We'll put a link on the website. You can buy desk mats. <gasps> I love me a good desk mat. Where is Azazel? I want Azazel. <laughs> I don't care about these other angels. I want Azazel. But yeah, it's kind of funny how much you can find out by looking up depictions of things. Yeah. Looking up depictions of Azazel is what led me to a lot of really interesting sources. 
That's and nuts. also interesting statues that will not be on the blog. There were some other questionable. Things. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Goats. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the one, yeah. um, the one depiction that kind of reminds me of Henry. <laughs> yeah. We'll share that one. It's, um, Azazel from Colin de Plancy's Dictionnaire Infernal 1863 edition. And he's just kind of like hanging onto a goat's ear. I don't know what's going on. And he has like a, he's got a flag going on behind him with a well, cute little frog on, on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a frog on it who's full on like. And it's tied to his trident. Yeah. There's a lot going on Why there. Why does he have a trident? Or, or is that more like a satanic depiction of him? Like as a demon? I don't know. A pitchfork maybe instead pitchfork. of a trident? Yeah, it's probably a pitchfork. That makes more sense than trident, doesn't it? But I don't know what's going on with the frog. Prongs. It looks like a... I don't know, man. I also found a stone carving from a place that had Azazel's face. I haven't seen that. Yeah. Are we talking like Rosetta Stone looking? I tried to drop it into this and it wouldn't let me. Oh, it was forbidden. It was forbidden. <laughs> it was, yeah, you know what? It's probably a cursed object and I'm about to show it to you. So. Mm, love me a cursed object. It's not a cursed doll. Never mind. I deleted it and my nail is squeaking on my phone. So that's. Oh, while I'm on my phone though, which would you rather? find living in your attic a thousand roaches or one person oh my god <laughs> i didn't expect that okay hear me out if you've ever watched hoarders you understand how hard it is to get rid of all those roaches a thousand. and then if they're dead they're rotting and they're disgusting i mean to be fair the person living in your attic is probably rotting i mean you said attic uh, yeah i mean if it's Ugh. in our attics they're filled with cancer because of the, our <laughs> the insulation are terrifying yeah they're filled with like gray spray i don't remember insulation. what it's called but it is asbestos insulation and it is so crazy because the roofs are pitched yeah like a pyramid and it is dead quiet in there dead silent yeah there's just all this gray dust flying around yeah. you have to wear goggles and a mask yep. if you go up there pretty sure it's all asbestos oh it is definitely yeah yeah very spooky fire retardant very safe not yeah good to breathe though yeah. yeah i think i'd pick a person only because it would be easier to remove in theory and easier to block to ensure it didn't happen again yes. a thousand roaches that shit's staying around i mean i hate videos of people discovering that another person has been living in their home it is absolutely a thing we should definitely have an episode about it it's mm -hmm. fucking terrifying but at the same time i would rather deal with the heart attack in the middle of it and then just yeah. get them the fuck out of yeah. there it's a lot easier than trying to get rid of roaches yeah yeah a thousand <laughs> that's a lot of roaches Can you and imagine? they breed somebody up in your attic stealing your food and maybe your clothes and things are just going missing around the house and you're like my fucking family is gaslighting me stealing my shit you know yeah nightmare nightmare absolute nightmare, nightmare. So how do we want to end this off well I mean, I definitely want to do a little PSA for anyone still thinking about performing the ritual. If you're planning on doing the ritual, be safe, do your research, know what you're doing, and tag us. <laughs> we want to see it. All the grimy details. Yeah. Uh, selfishly, we want to know what happens. Yeah. Let us, let us know if it works. Um, we're not going to do it. So we're not there yet. Maybe when we have our own little pothole to live in that we don't take things home with us but for now <laughs> we're not doing anything yeah like that. i think the closest we'll get to azazel is your house mouse yes now. yes yeah. who is now banished to the woods yep yep never to return hopefully hopefully you found some friends yeah they're partying it up 
yep. to stay warm. It's fucking like Sins will 17 keep them warm. below. Sin-, <laughs> Sin will keep them warm. Sin raises your body temperature. I looked it up. I feel like that's sound logic. It is. It is. <laughs> every every sin you commit raises your body by one degree. And yeah. once you reach 107, you get to stroke and brain damage levels. So just do that math and be careful on how many sins you commit. Yeah. Is that like a broil? No, that's 500 degrees. No, but it is. It will simmer your brain. You will start to see things. Well, until next time. Stay dirty. Stay dirty. Stay dirty.